Hello, and welcome to the 14 Questions Podcast. Or as uh, I like to say, welcome to almost the end of March. Almost the we're We're on the cusp. We're running on a Tuesday, <laughs> the 29th. We're almost I mean, I'd there. I usually the, say. The temperature has dropped back. 30 degrees, right? And uh, it's, uh, this is, yeah, wild. I was watching the, uh, the, the weather guy on one of them things, the news. And that jet stream, I mean, it goes from like Antarctica, like the top of, you know, wherever, all the way to the bottom of at least this continent. I mean, yeah. It's just ridiculous. It's yeah. pretty so it's wild. Like pick, yeah. yeah, just like every 48 hours, you either get, you know, somewhere close to the top or somewhere close to the bottom. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm inclined so. to agree. And I thought we'd finally gotten into spring proper, you know, a week and a half yeah. ago. I was like, it's 85 degrees. It's beautiful out. And now we're sitting almost in the 30s and dropping still. So, so I mean, it's for those exciting for the other listeners around the globe and in this country, right? You're gonna be like, oh, what are these guys, you know, what are they complaining about? And I understand it's snowy in places and you're waiting. You're like, you know, we're a month or so off of whatever spring and beautiful weather. The thing here is where we live. It's like, guess what? You get spring and almost summer. And then literally 40 hours later, it's like, no, 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 no. We made a mistake. Winter. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah we, in North Carolina, yeah. we, we get all four seasons <laughs> within the span of four days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at certain times of the year. It's, just lovely. It's crazy. You, never, you don't know how to dress. You know, you get up in the morning and you're like, I guess I'm wearing a, a, a beanie and a sweater and a jacket and long pants. And then by midday, you really want to be in shorts and a t-shirt. And then by 6 p.m., you're like, I should probably put a jacket on. And then by 11 p.m., well, you uh, wish you had that hat and a heavier jacket. Yeah, or two of them. Kind of wild, yeah. So, um... What are we talking about? We're talking about, I, I thought this was, you, you brought, we brought this up. I thought this was going to be a relatively simple topic. <laughs> Turns out not so much. I mean, it is relatively simple, but. Uh, I mean, uh, well, shit. Okay. In concept anyway, in concept. Yeah. Of course, we're oh, talking, uh, talking about 3D printers, which, you know, I've been, I've been kind of following uh, for a while since they first hit the consumer market and. I've yet to pull the trigger on one, but I'm, I'm more and more tempted as each day goes by. So it's only a matter of time, tick tock, tick tock, until uh, <laughs> until one lands on my doorstep, and then I get to experimenting. Yeah, it's kind of wild. So I was, I you know, I'm like, okay, we're going to cover this topic. I'm going to start doing some some show notes and stuff, you know, and I jump on the history. I guess what conceptually in the '40s. In 50s, you know, this is sort of where it, it it's you know starts, and then there was some other mentions of I'm trying to think who they give the attribute here over in the wikis to. Um, I probably won't find it because I'm looking for it. But I, I'd say the first U.S. patent, you know, somewhere in the 71, I think, was was issued for these things, and. You know, and then I, I started reading into this and I was like, oh, shit, we're getting into a weighty topic because, you know, what's what, what's the definition of them? Are they are they adding material? And then, you know, you get into, you know, I guess what 
40, which is adding multiple materials. Am I wrong, Brandon? I'm not sure about the the terminology there, but I know they do have like hybrid uh, print heads that can use like two different types of plastics or two different types of metals or perhaps even metal and plastics combined together. Um, so. Yeah, and, and I'm, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, the metals, so add, there's additive processes and, you know, then laser, you know, there's there's other distinct technologies, right? I think I, I, I what did I, I, what did I miss say before we started recording that you could do like where it takes away and you're like, no, 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 that would be a, um, a CNC machine, to my knowledge. Yeah. When I think about taking material away, so like starting with a block and then whittling it down into something, I think of CNC machining or con- computer numeric control machining, um, which, you know, is very, very closely related to 3D printing in, mm-hmm. in that you would use, you know, electronic servos and motors to move the tooling or the or the piece itself around to uh, remove excess material until you're left with what you need versus 3D printing moves the base around and adds material only where it's needed. So it's it's much less wasteful in that sense. I mean, makes sense, right? So this, I guess the design, like, you know, I'm, I'm not just floating through the notes here, but, you know, basically this sort of concept of additive manufacturing you know, started to actually press forward and when, uh, you know, two thousands, 2010. And then we'd, we'd be, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, okay, you know, you, you looking at these things, it seems like they don't always need CAD behind them, but definitely in a commercial process, right? There's a typically a CAD program, you know, for the, for the designer or prototype side of a thing. Right, you you can yeah, build for sure. models so, and, and stuff, right? You know, people would build a three D digital modeled diagram, if you will, and uh, then the printer would execute that. But there are, uh, you know, I've seen cheap like three D printing pens uh, for like children mm-hmm. or people just to experiment with, which is basically just the print head in like a jumbo marker type form, so you can just. You know, it's almost it's almost like an evolved hot glue gun, if that makes sense. Okay. So you know, yeah, the yeah. filament goes into the back end and it comes out the front end, and wherever you put it, that's that's where you add material. And so it's it's very you know crude in the sense of what you can create, but also very freehand uh, in its use. Right. And, and for, for folks, when I'm talking the modeling side of things, I mentioned CAD, that's um, computer-aided design. And, and I'm sure, I've, you know, we're, either you've used CAD and you didn't realize it because you're on your smartphone and you did a thing and it, you know, made something come out of a picture or whatever. But if you've ever seen like the high-end CAD programs, they're, they're, they're phenomenally sophisticated from an engineering standpoint or a design or, you know, building buildings or stuff. So... Yeah, you know, having that that can run a thing is is, and then and then I guess that the cool thing on my mind is that, well, wow, how do we build this thing? And you could actually have a machine that with you know, multi, you know, multi things, whether or not that's two different types of resin or colored plastic or whatever you need, um, is pretty phenomenal. 
Yeah, I, I think there's, you know, without being too hyperbolic, limitless potential in 3D printing and in the uh, in the realms of, of you know things like rapid prototyping, um, manufacturing yeah. in general, um, and you know in creative just expression. Uh, Absolutely. And I, I don't know. I mean, if you get into some of the, I don't know, the applications in, in my brain, the applications have always sort of, you know, I work in the medical field and, and, uh, you know, I've, I've had comments made, you know, orthopods who do things and I actually was getting a finger fixed once and he was frustrated because they didn't have, you know, there's a little, um, what are those things? Butterfly splints, you know? Yeah. So they fold, they fold them down, get your finger in a position, yada, yada, yada. And he didn't have the right size. And it was like, oh, that's going to bother you. Can't believe they don't have it. And, he, and this, was, this was like eight, 10 years ago. And he goes, you know, it'll just be a matter of time before I can just, you know, take a photo of your finger and I need something, a splint or something, like simple. He was like, and we're not even that simple yet, but I don't know why I don't have one of these things in my office. Yeah. Because if I, if, I, if I just need... You know, and he and then he went just off about you know a crutch or a or a splint or something because you know I don't have the kid size or whatever. Yeah, he's like I should just be able to press a button and boom, and I'm like and, huh. and print it out. Yeah, and that's kind of the dream, yeah. you know. And at that point, you know, you're you're quite literally making bespoke items. Uh, so instead of you yeah. know small, medium, large, it's to your exact dimensions. You know, medically, I know I know some dental offices use these things. Uh, for making like crowns and whatnot, um, yeah, right. So you know, yeah. they they are yeah. actively being implemented into into the medical field, uh, which is really interesting. And then, and then so many others. You know, I see people you know making toys and like movie prop replicas that are screen accurate and just beautiful. You know, at home and you know that's just the kind of thing you, you would have dreamt of a couple of years mm -hmm. back, where somebody might you know spend hundreds of hours like making their own one off, but now they can replicate them identically uh, rather efficiently. And so it's opened it up, you know, new markets and things for people, um, you know, like the Etsy types of the world to be able to take a hobby and now translate it into a, you know, a revenue generating thing. Activity. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, and these machines weren't inexpensive. I mean, you know, when they say, well, they've, they've, you know, the market's using them now and, you know, airline, I mean, you know, basically airline manufacturing or, you know, medical and, you know, you can get, you can get some of these machines for, you know, 300 or 600, which sounds, it's actually inexpensive when you think about it, 300 or $690,000 for some of the stuff that builds yeah, to, and, you know, depending on to its application, level. if we're talking large scale manufacturing, then yeah, 600 to 900,000 for a machine is, well, you know, drop in the bucket yeah. as it were. But it, it was kind of cool. I mean, I, I think I, I want to mention this before we go to break and come back and talk about like just regular application and regular folks. Um, I came across this article today in CNET and so March, well, I came across it today, but this was yesterday, March 28th, 2022. Um, we're recording on a Tuesday this week. So by Stephen um, Sankland. And that's the, that's this whole, this bird that was, they were able to save. Uh, so there was an Indian hornbill named Crescent. 
that had a that had cancer in its bill. Did you you came across this too, didn't you? At some point in time. I, I don't know if I've seen this specific one, but I do remember reading about them three D printing uh, spare parts for a bird. <laughs> yeah, well, it's you know, first of all, the bird's beautiful. You know, there's a few pictures, and it's like, oh my god, this is kind of scary what they're doing, but. Um, basically they had this bird and he had had cancer. And I guess once these birds get this and he, you know, he's a rare bird, you know, they're not on the endangered, but they're like right up there for, you know, being close to it. Um, and very few of them would survive because, you know, they, they'd try to remove it and keep the beak working or whatever. And it just, you know, and, and we have yet to see if this, you know, will, will work long term, but basically, um, because it's Form Labs and University of South Florida medical team built a replacement for Crescent. And so they were able to go in and figure out like how much of the beak they needed to remove and, and how to keep it, you know, and they had, obviously I'm sure they're taking pictures and all sorts of other things to like, you know, model a prosthetic back yeah. And then figure out how to do the surgery and get it, you know, it's, 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 it's revolutionary to think that, you know, somebody was sitting around and like, okay, let's do a beak, you know, maybe I, I don't know. And this article didn't cover whether or not they own the printer or maybe they do, or, you know, who knows what they do with it. But it, this is, it's like one of these nice feel good articles that you're like, wow, this is kind of cool, you know? Yeah, no, it's, again, the technology, I think we've only just begun to scratch the surface as far as applications are concerned, you know, because it is still kind of a breakout technology um, that is is used in some niche spots in industry and whatnot, and, and of course, you know, the hobbyists at home, but you know, I still don't feel like it's been mass adopted yet, and so, yeah, you know, I, I think there's further innovation to come. When it comes, and to then I came across printing. some some other articles about you know some of the amputees and some of the people you know prosthetic stuff where they can you know again going to your thing it's not small medium or large or this or that it's like you know somebody gets involved in their treatment and they're like well we can do a thing and you know and they can actually prototype and model towards something that becomes vastly superior. Yeah. So, yeah, on that side of things, it's, it's yeah, and not to mention just the, so. the turnaround on production, you know, versus mm-hmm. paying somebody to sculpt a thing and then to cast it and then, you know, mold the cast and, and you know, or you get what I'm saying. And then end up having yeah. a final product, you know, someone can build this thing digitally and then set the machine to work tirelessly. Yeah, uh, sure. So the turnaround just from concept to reality is much, much quicker as well. Exactly. So uh, you want to hit a break and then we'll talk about the every, everyday folks and where we think this might be going? Yeah, we'll Have take a quick break and we'll be right back. Break. Welcome back to the 14 questions. Huh, feels like it's a Monday. Words aren't coming out of the mouth too easy. 
It's just a, it's a Monday by proxy, so it's okay. Yeah. Well, quick break ish. Yeah, I forgot to mention that the um, so that just to tell you where the 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 bird was that um, recovered quickly and adapted, and then I guess oil from the purine glands or something ended up staining the prosthetic yellow to match the rest of her bill, which is kind of you know nature meets it meets something else. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's a fortunate coincidence, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean it's wild, and uh, yeah, they're they're classified vulnerable, so they're not under the conservation of nature's red list of threatened species. So, you know, but yeah, we'll have to follow up on that and see how see how crescent does in the future. It'll be interesting. Yeah, for but, sure. Yeah. We, it's, we don't want to get too weighty. We could get into the $3.2 billion by, you know, whatever and medical printing market and stuff like that. But let's talk about the fun stuff. Talk about the fun stuff. Not yeah. That's not fun. All yeah. kinds of things. I, I, I picture a future where we all have one of these things and like the trip to the store for just silly things. Like I, I got home and I'm missing my valve stem covers on my car because somebody stole them and they fell off and I can just fire up the printer and go, here we are. Or, you know, the kitchen sink needs a fitting, you know, to join some PVC or like a threaded piece. Hmm. And you go, I'm just going to print that. Like no more trip to Lowe's for that bullshit. And let's be honest, any trip to the hardware store is two trips. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so stuff like that, I think, is it's fascinating, really, because you just set these things to work and uh, come back later, and, and there's a thing that wasn't there before. You know, and I've seen, like, well, people print, like, crescent wrenches, right? And I saw a prototype yeah. several years back, and, and the cool thing is, because it's printed layer by layer and built up, it's just functional. There's no assembly. All the pieces are separate but already together and functional. So you, you just set the thing to work and then come back and there's a, a functional wrench, you know, uh, which I, I just thought was fascinating in my head to go, you don't have to mill out these pieces or have the separate tooling for each piece and then assemble them and weld whatever has to, you know, I don't know exactly what goes into manufacturing that, but to just hit print. And then now I have a functional wrench that I needed uh, you know, with mechanical moving parts and stuff. It was really, 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 really cool. Well, okay. So, but, but let's be practical for folks. So if you, if you, you know, Google a thing, you know, we're looking at what? $999, a thousand bucks for, you know, one. And then, you know, 10,000, 3,000, you know, 300. Here we go. Just to give basic price ranges of things. Yeah, it just what, depends what, what on what you want. What price range right? were you in? Yeah. Um, you like, know, what, what were you thinking? It's you know, again, new technology and why you can get in entry level. It it really depends on how big how big of a thing do you want to make, right? And what resolution do you want? And also what materials do you want? So for me, I'm I'm thinking to have something good to start out in. And uh, with room to grow, I'm I'm thinking in the twenty five hundred range, maybe. It's kind of kind of where my head's at. I'm going. Maybe I'll find that okay. mythical unicorn of a device that 
fits those parameters, but isn't doesn't limit me not too greatly where I go, man, I really should have spent some more coin. I mean, fair enough, right? So this is where my head went. I'm like, well, these seem kind of expensive. But some of them, some of them, you know, this year, you know, some of them got some good reviews with the, you know, like PC Magazine. And, you know, they're not extraordinary. I mean, it's not extraordinary to spend, you know, nearly 800 bucks on a thing. I mean, we were doing that for, you know, color printers just to, you know. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, it's right? A, I, I paid that much or more for, you know, just a printer printer, so. And, you know, they promise pictures on the wall and this and that, the other, whatever. But my head goes to, you know, because I had to recently buy a phone case for my wife. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and then like 60 or 60 or 90 bucks for, for a piece of fucking plastic for the phone. Yeah. If you, if you buy a branded phone case, you know, you can get generic ones for $15 or whatnot, but you know, you get the, or, the, or you could just come home and like, you know, print five of them. Yeah, and and sell them, right? Well, I, that's where then that's where my head went. So, you know, every year there's always a story. You know, oh, we ran out of this toy or trinket or whatever selling, and you know, we live in America and everybody has to have one. And I'm like, it's not going to be too long until it's like, you know, Joe down the street. You know, he can, he got a thing. What do you mean? What do you get? You know, whatever ticked me off. We've covered this kind of silly stuff. Or, you know, you, you, you break some very ornate thing and, you know, some family's house and you're like, like, okay, well, got a picture of it from last year's, you know, holiday season, you know, I'll just make one and replace it. Like, <laughs> that's where my, you know. Conjure, conjure out of thin air. And, and, you know, we're already there, like, to some degree. You think so? We have all these secondary markets where people are are designing, like, toys and designing, like, uh, little statues and pieces of art or, or even jewelry and whatnot. And, and the, the secondary markets are simply for the, the CAD files to print your own. Right. So, right. So here, here's the thing. So I, I have, I have a, a, you know, I have an affinity, obviously, we, you know, if anybody's listened to our podcast in depth, you know, art background and affinity for stuff we've covered, you know, copyright and all, all sorts of things, whether or not that's within industry or within, artists. And I actually ran into a, a, a girl like years ago who bought one of these things and she was making these pen holders for these journals that she handcrafted, you know? And it was like, I'm like, what is that? And she's like, I make them with my 3d printer. <laughs> and it, you know, she was, she was an early artist type. Yeah. And she wanted a pen holder that went on these like beautiful, like they were like moleskin journals, but that she had fashioned together with glue and stuff made her own paper okay, and, you know, had the, you know, the different types of people want to use different tools. So she had these variations of these pen holders and she was making these, which is, which is, which is brilliant. And I, you know, I, I love meeting people like that. Yeah. No. And, and but, again, you know, th these small creators or small manufacturers, you know, she would never have been able to do that. No. You know, on, on kind of a, a boutique bespoke level. If it weren't for 3D printing, because by the time even even if you went, you know, China, India, uh, route, you know, she'd have to travel back and forth and, and prototype and prototype again and prototype again and then, you know, pay for the tooling. And then there's going to be minimum order quantities. 
Uh, so she she ends up with a garage full of pen holders, you know, versus yeah, being I mean, exactly them, right, you know, ten here, Does five it, there, a hundred here, you know, as needed. Um, and so it really does. I think it has the potential to really open open doors for people uh, that you know have these brilliant ideas but just don't have the means or the know how uh, to go through typical manufacturing um, process. Yeah, I mean, to to your point, I mean, you know, you said what injection molding, right? Red, you know, it's these aren't quite competing on that scale, but getting to the injection mold of your first prototype is going to cost you thousands of dollars and you're just sort of praying at work. So it, there's something magical about, you know, meeting someone like her. And this was like eight or eight years ago, yeah. nine years ago. And she was like, I do these things. And, you know, maybe she's, maybe she's hugely successful now when she went to injection mold because she found the thing, or maybe she said, no, these are limited edition. You know, it's kind of cool. Yeah. It just depends on how, how large you need to scale. Yeah. And again, too, but what you, the, the beauty of 3D printing versus, you know, if she were injection molding one, she may have just a surplus of them. But if she wants to tweak the design, there's no retooling process. There's no re-prototyping process. It's simply change it, print it, take a look at it, you know, it's and go, yeah. yep, that's perfect. Or, well, no, nah, you know what, I'm, I want to adjust this ever so slightly. And normally you would have to build new tooling, build new molds. Nah, just make a tweak, print it out, and go. That's perfect, you know. And so, or or, or hand whittle a thing. I mean, there's that too, right? right? I mean, that's sort of where we were before this technology. You'd whittle a thing, or yeah, you know, mold a thing together by hand, like you're making a model, and then sculpt sculpt it out, cast sculpt it, it, and yeah, you know, and and go from there. Yeah, much yeah, much more time consuming and much more draining on resources. But I want to get back to the nefarious shit, right? So how bad do you think this is going to go? In what sense? Like, is it, like there's going to be black markets of black markets upon, you know, it, like you, you, thinking back to like the, the, the one we did on clothing, the podcast we did on clothing, like how fast. Oh yeah. As far as like something gets popular and counterfeit and goods and yeah. things. Yeah. Obviously 3d printing, uh, opens. It's, it's probably already happening. <laughs> <laughs> we sure. just didn't look yeah. far enough in it. I'll apologize to the, to the listeners. We just didn't look far enough in because, you know, somebody's going to tweet us and be like, where well, you re- realize like that, you know, such an such industry lost like, you know, $20 billion last year because, you know, some kid bought 10 of these, you know, and you know, figured out a thing. Yeah, it's, it's wild to wrap your head around. Yeah, no, it definitely it, is. It, because it's all going to come down to, you know, if you're not a creator, right, it's just, it's going to come down to where we are now. You're a creator. You do a thing. How do you protect it? Or, you know, if you're nefarious, how do you figure out what the thing is, reprint it in CAD? I mean, copy it precisely. And then, yeah, you know, that... basically sell it for next to nothing. And yeah, people which... produce these things at home. You know, you need two pieces of equipment because now we have these beautiful 3D scanners. So you need that. <laughs> it's almost like a cloning machine. Like stick it in one, scan it. It builds the 3D model essentially for you. Yeah. And then you say, print me another one. Print me another one. Print me another one. You know, and, and like any technology, you know, people will 
people will figure out how to use it for good and for evil. For evil. Um, that's yeah, I was just human say. nature, you know. <laughs> Well, and, and, and folks, if, if we're like popping the bottle, uh, the bubble of, oh, that was such a cool conversation until you came to the whole how everybody rips everybody off. Have you listened to the 14 questions? <laughs> because, you know, that's basically how shit goes down. I mean, at some point in time. It's not all unicorns know, and butterflies over here. Right, right exactly. No, someone's going to, you know, some parents are going to get a knock on the door by God knows who, you know somebody with a bunch of initials behind their name and ask for their kid and be like, you know, he's out in the garage. Be like, yeah, he's playing with the machine. He's, you know, he's fixed the dishwasher three (laughs) times. And it's like, you know, the fucker's making like, you know, God knows 30,000 bucks a week, you know, pedaling. They're like, oh, that would explain his, you know, his, his trips to the post office. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 3D, 3D printing unserialized firearms and whatnot, you know. (laughs) I mean, fuck man. Yeah. I mean, it gets scary. Yeah, no, there's all kinds of stuff. But, you know, again, like human beings will always, you know, make a thing. It'll have an intended purpose and we will figure out <laughs> unintended things to do with it. Like we just will. Yeah. But then, you know, you, you know, kind of jumping back to where we were before, you know, medicine, like some advancements that could happen there. And then we haven't even discussed like construction possibilities because they have these things. They'll 3D print concrete. And so they'll just start throwing up walls and foundations, you know, with no more labor than like moving the thing and the materials there and feeding material to it. And whoever designed the structure and suddenly you can 3D print a a, a domicile or a building. Yeah, you know, it's it's, kind of wild. Yeah, it's yeah, I got to wrap my head around that one. Like, would it be, I guess it's sort of like if you have the raw materials right near a thing or, you know, some of these, some of these companies that have opened up where, you know, per hour they have all the materials, you just go rent time or, you know, they've got their different agreements and you show up at, you know, whatever building, schedule your time. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to think about the supply chain and all the other things that this could, could impact potentially, because I mean, you, you like... We, we buy a lot of stuff that's just on the go, you know, whether or not that's phone cases or coffee mugs or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's pretty wild. Yeah, no, it, it, I think it'll, hmm. it'll, it will, one, it'll just cut down on like carbon footprint of a lot of things and, and material waste. It'll drive um, the cost of a lot not. of items down, you know, uh, potentially. Just yeah, or, or I can, for a few cents worth of filament, like make the same phone case for all functional purposes that I would spend 80 bucks on, you know, and so right. maybe it'll, it'll help rebalance some of these markets with just huge markup uh, and everything else, you know, well, we'll see less in, forward, impact. I guess. Yeah. Less impact having like, I'm sure, you know, shelves of this stuff get chucked out, right. Or not recycle or whatever it is. You know, even for even for the average store, maybe they don't have to charge that because they didn't have to buy seven crates of a thing, only to find out that you know Apple or Samsung or whoever brought a new phone out and no one wants that case anymore. Yeah, just just total you know waste, right? Well, and think yeah. about like the the square footage, you know, as far as like storage of inventory, right? So instead of needing a warehouse, you know, that has tens if not hundreds of thousands of a thing, 
you know, you have a quarter of that and then you go, we have the printers ready to go. Mm. If orders come in, zip, zip. Uh, and then they can go, you know, right from the printers to packaging and go. And so you're cutting down on, on potentially massive amounts of warehouse space as well, because they can just be made on demand because you don't have to tool up yeah. an, an entire line of machines to make the thing and therefore justify the cost by, you know, making a hundred thousand or a million or what have you. you yeah, know, yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of bizarre to wrap your head around. So the shipping and the distribution and the, you know, well, well you don't even need it to these. come from the point of origin, right? Correct. You just need yeah. somebody with the printer and the materials and you go, so I, I'd like imagine these just like, you know, Amazon server farm type things that are just printer farms. So you have like the East coast one and the West coast and people will lease time there and go, yeah, when an order comes in for our product, find the closest spot, print one off and ship it from there. So it doesn't, we don't have to move a thing 3000 miles. We can move it 150 um, so logistically, yeah. it, it starts to get really interesting. Hmm. Yeah, we're going to have to revisit this topic and come back to it. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. that's going to, at the end of the day, it's going to be a destabilizer. Right? You're not going to go, hey, yeah, that's kind of what I was, get me an injection mold. And, yeah. Like, I think, I think it has more effects than just the ability to print. So well, if we circle back or when we circle back, we'll have to uh, kind of dive into... Uh, 3D printing and in manufacturing and production kind of industrial type environments and really see if there's any good studies or information out there uh, regarding mm. its potential impacts or, or current impacts on those uh, markets yeah, one way and processes. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have a machine? Have you, I mean, other than price point, have you, have you dug into the machines? Do you have any? A little bit. I did, I did people? several years back. Uh, when there weren't a whole lot of options on the consumer market, but I haven't really like dug in, dug in recently um, simply because I know if I do. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing you. <laughs> if, and if I know me, I'll, 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 I'll start running down that rabbit hole and it, it won't be a matter and, of and folks, if, for, it'll for, be a matter of which. And, and I'll get a phone call. You know, like a day later going, well, I did a thing. I'll be like, what'd you do? Well, remember the whole thing? We did the podcast episode on this and I got watching, you know, and, and Brandon will have done, I don't know, like 50 hours of research and be really excited that something's showing up at his house. Yeah. And I'll just, I'll ship yeah. you like a 14 questions keychain. <laughs> no, I mean, this is, this is reality, folks. This is how it works over here. We did this part of the problem. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. 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 We, we bought, you know, we get a lot of shit. I get, you know? get a thing in my head and then suddenly. Yeah. It's, you know, hundreds of hours later. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to justify. I'm committed to it. You know, on like a Friday night after several beers of the last video you watch and you're like, nope, hit the button. It's coming to my front door. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. 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 I don't recall doing that. Yeah. Or, you know, I've just been thinking about it. Or the amount but of time I, mean, I spent researching these, if I calculate it hourly, I've already paid for it in my time. So. I mean, <laughs> I was going to say, you're, you're very rarely wrong. And then the next thing is you want to share the technology with everybody. And just so our listeners know, Brandon's thing is he wants everyone to buy the thing that he bought. Not always. Like not if, I, if I find a thing that I really think is... 
I know it's, it's a worthwhile it's, it's thing. Of, I will, I will definitely let you know. Yeah. Yeah. We've come, come across some interesting technology. I'm, I'm usually not over wrong. The years. I'll, I'll pester and pester. And then you or somebody else we know will finally crack and be like, I don't know why I didn't yeah. just listen to you. This thing's a game changer for me. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've done it several times. I can attest to that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I went down, you know, I started watching some of these videos and it, it gets a little complicated with the, what, what is it? The filament rolls and colors and, you know, the tables clean and whether or not the. Yeah. I, I, I can only imagine. Wi-Fi. You know, yeah. filament diameters, I imagine densities mm -hmm. matter. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. The type of material, you know, when they were talking about tensile strength or flexibility or, you know, God knows all the usual concerns when it comes to material usage. So. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. going to be a, when I, when I finally take that leap, it's going to be a fun journey and probably full of frustrations, which I love so much. Yeah. You'll be like, oh yeah, I left it too long and the, the plate got too hot and you know, now there's filament all over everywhere and nothing. For, yeah. It's yeah. But uh, yeah, I encourage anybody or you know what? It'd be really cool if somebody, you know, tweet at us or anybody let us know if you got any experience, maybe we'll find a guest that actually does this. Who has access to one at work? That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, Teddy, Teddy, Teddy I, I may know a guy person. actually. That's if he's really? if he's still at the same place. Yeah, they've got a uh, very nice one. So I have some oh, some prototypes that he made. Um, hmm. on off the clock time, uh, that were really really fascinating. And this, this was ten years ago, so I can only imagine what they have now. Interesting. Yeah, we'll have to have uh, Teddy vet them. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Teddy Vetter. That's a dog, by the way. Eddie Vetter. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> the dog, by the way, that finds the guests. So, anyhow, you want to leave it there for this week? I think that's a good spot to jump off, but we'll definitely circle back on this topic in the future. Well, yeah, or it's going to come back around for us. I mean, it's, it's we're going to bump up into this technology somewhere. Oh, yeah. It's going to, it's going to fall on our lap at some point. Yeah. I might, I might reach out and see if there's a maker space nearby. Um, and see if I can get, oh, there's a somebody. few that, that came up all over my, as I was researching for this podcast. So yeah, yeah because, you know, with, with that space is going to come somebody that really geeks out on these things. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, we'll do it. All right. Well, I guess, uh, you know, coming up in the, our 14 questions, favorite holiday. Which one's that? Let everybody. <laughs> fools, man. April Fools. I know. I know. I, I pity yeah. all of them. I know. Maybe we'll have a story or two. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. All right, folks. That's be forewarned that uh, April Fools is uh, around the corner. So, you know. Yes, it is. Don't get caught with your don't get caught with your guard down. All right. Well, uh, till next time. Until next time. Got questions? Need answers? Find them on the 14 Questions Podcast. Welcome to our podcast, where we, along with our frequent guests, will be answering your questions 
regarding a wide variety of topics, including current events, lifestyle, politics, and of course, popular culture. The 14 Questions Podcast is brought to you by Podhouse Media and Dive Pod Productions. Be sure to find us on the web at 14questions.org, on Twitter at The14Questions, look us up on Facebook at 14Questions, and of course, find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Podcasts.